Bismillahirrahmanirrahim In the name of Allah Most gracious Most merciful The way to Allah Written by Sister Khadija Watson Professor, theologian, missionary, pastor, church, planter, licensed, ordained minister, fundamentalist Christian, not a likely candidate for Islam. Yet, six years ago, after being raised in the Christian church all my life, first as a Roman Catholic and then as a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, and having completed a standard ministerial diploma, Bachelor of Theology and a Master of Divinity, yet I embraced Islam. What was it that brought about such a radical change? I started to question Christian beliefs while I was studying for my master's degree. As was my habit, I read through the Bible once every year for 12 years. I had done this along with multiple readings in connection with my preaching, teaching, and studies. It was during these readings that I started to notice certain contradictions. For instance, we teach the uh, doctrine of original sin from Genesis 3, but it is contradicted in Ezekiel 18 verses 1 to 20. Ezekiel chapter 18 verses 1 to 22. If this doctrine is not true, the whole foundation of all Christianity falls. I saw these things as I read and I always stopped to ponder them but never had time to research them because of my studies, etc. Yes, during my eight years of study, we read through the Bible book by book, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. However, we never did a cross study, so any contradictions that are apparent were never addressed. Also, this was the first time we studied church history by actual history and not from the Bible. It was at this point that I began to question Christian doctrines that were not in existence during the time of Jesus. Rather, they began 325 years later, starting with the doctrine of the Trinity. The word Trinity is not found in any Bible in the world, neither is Neither is it in the original Greek and Hebrew languages. These were the original languages that the Bible was written in. The doctrine of Trinity was introduced at the first of four councils. This doctrine of Trinity was introduced at the first of four councils that determine Christianity today. But because the Catholics at that time would not accept it, it had to be reintroduced 68 years later at the Second Council of Nicaea through the doctrine of incarnation which makes Jesus both God and man to the doctrine of uh, propitiation or perfect uh, sacrifice. The formulation of all these doctrines took more than 100 years. 
I always had a hunger in my heart to know more of God. One day I went to my professor and stated there has to be more to Christianity than what we teach. We tell the people they must be born again, meaning you have made a personal statement and commitment to asking Jesus uh, Christ to come into your heart and forgive your sins and make you a new person again. There has to be more to Christianity than what we teach. We tell people they must be born again, which means or meaning you have made a personal statement and commitment to asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart and forgive your sins and make you a new person. Or you must be filled with the Holy Spirit in addition to being born again in which the person will have an infilling of the Holy Spirit experienced by glossolalia uh, uh, or speaking in tongues again experienced by glossolalia or speaking in tongues I had both of these experiences although they are not recognized as necessary by all Christian churches or denominations there is a lot of infighting and theological differences between denominations Protestants do not recognize Catholics as even being Christian because they worship Mary, the mother of Jesus, peace be upon him, along with various saints. Baptists do not have fellowship with non-Baptists. In addition, there are Methodists. Uh, uh, there are Methodist Wesleyan. There are Methodist Wesleyan. Uh, Presbyterian, Congregational, uh, Pentecostal churches, Pentecostal churches, and a thousand independent churches that do not belong to any denomination. They all differ on points of doctrine or interpretation of the Bible. I felt that if we were teaching, I felt that if what we were teaching were genuine, there would be no need for denominations. There should be an apparent change in society around us. In a state, society is in a decline and in worse condition than it was even 50 years ago. The so-called Christian countries are among the worst. My professor was lost for words and couldn't respond. I went ahead and graduated with my Master's of Divinity, a degree in theology in 1993. A month after graduating, I decided to study German. One of my classmates was a medical doctor who had spent six years in Dubai. We became friends. I noticed he was always asking me questions concerning the Old Testament. I was also always asking him questions concerning culture in the Middle East. I was never interested in Islam, although my major uh, throughout my studies was in missions. We had studies in Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, animism, animism and Catholicism along with cults. My interest was in animism or tribal worship. <coughs> When we were together, I noticed he was different. He always wanted to pray, but in a Christian context. When we were out, he was always giving money to the beggars. He even had a plastic bag full of coins in the car for this purpose. 
One day I mentioned to him that if I hadn't known better, I would have thought he were Muslim. He confessed to me, sorry, he confessed to me that when he was in Dubai, he had embraced Islam, but had never told his family. When he returned to the Philippines, he uh, apostat. Uh, when he returned to the Philippines, he apostatized and was no longer praying or practicing Islam. His family were devoted Catholics, although he was no longer affiliated with the Catholic Church, rather the Protestant Church. It was within this same time frame that I met a Filipina who had embraced Islam while working in Saudi Arabia. I was living in Manila at the time, and although there are Muslims there, it's not like I was looking for them. I thought this was rather strange that I should meet two people who were Muslims within such a short time, knowing how God works in my life through ordinary circumstances, I jokingly said, Okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? I asked her about Islam, and the first thing I asked concerned how women were treated. It is well known as we are taught in the world as we are taught in the West, again, it is well known as we are taught in the West and here uh, through the media that Muslim women are second-class citizens with no rights. She must hide herself in an abaya, purda, or covering uh, because her husband doesn't want anyone to see her. She must stay in the house and along with this, the husband has a right to beat her. I was stunned by her answer. She said the wife and mother are highly respected in Islam. She explained that women are covered is uh, she explained that women are covered because it is the command of Allah for the protection of women. She also explained that spousal or spousal abuse is not a part of Islam at all. I was so sure that what I had been taught was right and I was ready to give all of my sympathy to these poor deprived Muslim women. Upon being told the truth as opposed to the fallacy I had been taught, I proceeded to ask her other questions, who is Allah and who is Muhammad, peace be upon him, in relation to the Muslims. At that time, I was teaching in the colleges, so my questions were quite deep. She admitted to being somewhat of a new Muslim, and that although she could not answer all questions, she would accompany me to the Islamic Center where someone could. Upon hearing this, I prayed, Lord, meaning Jesus at that time, if this is satanic or demonic, as Christians are taught that Islam is, then show me. I will not go even one time. After all, I wasn't about to open myself to some demonic spirit. I didn't feel any hesitation, so I went with her uh, uh, rather cautiously. I was quite surprised at their approach. I taught church evangelism. I know that there are many strategies and methods to be used when calling for someone to follow your religion. They didn't use any of them. There was no psychological manipulation, no subliminal influence, no psychological manipulation, no subliminal influence, no harassment, none of this. Let's have a Quranic study in your house as opposed to uh, Christians using a Bible study and no telephone calls. 
They were straightforward and honest. They gave me some books and said that if I had any question, they would be happy to answer them. I went home that night and read all of the books they had given me. I was fascinated and surprised. This was this was the first time I was actually reading a book about Islam written by a Muslim. All the books we had ever read, all the books we had ever read during my eight years of studies on Islam had been written by Christians. These books reflected what they think Islam is, but what they think Islam is and what Islam really is are two entirely different perspectives. The Christians are sincere but sincerely wrong. I went back to the next day and discussed for three hours what I had read. They gave me some more books and I went home that night and read all of these books. I went back the next day and we had another three hour discussion. This went on for a week. At the end of uh, that time, I had read 12 books and had spent more than 15 hours in discussion. I studied eight years in formal Christian theological studies. At the end of that week, I knew cognitively, I knew cognitively, I knew cognitively, head knowledge that Islam is true. Did I embrace Islam then? No, because even then, I wasn't a hypocrite. It wasn't in my heart. Among the first questions I asked that week was the question, Who is Allah? We had been taught the God of the Muslims is a pagan God, somewhat like the Hindu God, but this, but his name is Allah and this is the one the Muslims worship. I was surprised to find out that Allah is the omniscient, all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful, and omnipresent, all-present God. He is the creator, sustainer, and provider. This, this certainly did not correspond with my studies in paganism, and I realized certainly this is not a pagan God. There are neither rituals of secrecy nor any mediator. He is the one and only God without partners. This is opposed to the doctrine of the Trinity where God is a three beings, Father, Son, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, all co-equal and co-eternal. We would like to ask our Christian friends who Jesus was when he was supposed to be dying on the cross, and he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is in Matthew 27, verse 46. Was he talking to himself? Perhaps you will say, no, that was the human part of Jesus, doctrine of the incarnation where Jesus was made both God and man. Uh, well, no, that was the human part of Jesus, man. You will say to, you will say to relate to human suffering. But if you say this, then Jesus was not the perfect sacrifice, doctrine of uh, propitiation, because according to Christian doctrine, all men are born with original men. Sorry, with original sin. Because according to Christian doctrine, all men are born with original sin. This is the sin placed upon mankind because of Adam and Eve. If he were born without this sin, the would, if he were born without this sin, he would be less than man and could not relate to temptation and suffering. The second question I asked was, who is Muhammad, peace be upon him, in relation to the Muslims? I was surprised to learn that the Muslims do not pray to Muhammad, peace be upon him, as the Christians pray to Jesus, peace be upon him. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is not a mediator. 
Muslims ask Allah to, to bless him and his descendants as we likewise ask Allah to bless the Prophet Abraham, peace be upon him, and his descendants at the end of our prayers. He came with the same message that all the Prophets, Muhammad came with the same message that all of the Prophets, peace be upon them, all brought, including Jesus. This message is to worship the one true God, Allah. Moses spoke to the people of Israel, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your Lord, is one God, and you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Jesus, peace be upon him, also delivered the exact same message. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your God, is one God, and you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your mind, with all your strength. Mark chapter 12, uh, verse, uh, 30, uh, verse 29 and th verses 29 and 30. Note, Jesus said one God, not three in one. Jesus himself, peace be upon him, never claimed to be son of God, which is what other people said of him. He always referred to himself as son of man. Each prophet came with the same message, but there was a distinction in the deliverance of their messages. The message of Moses, peace be upon him, was delivered during the plagues on Egypt. The distinction of Jesus, peace be upon him, is the casting out of demons and raising the dead, casting out the demons and raising the dead, all by power of Allah, God. The distinction of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is that of the Holy Quran was revealed to Prophet Muhammad, who could neither read nor right. The message of Moses and Jesus, peace be upon them, was sent to a specific, uh, the messengers Moses and Jesus, peace be upon them, were sent to a specific people, the Jews. In the Bible, the words, hear O Israel, hear O Israel, are repeated over and over uh, by the prophets, including Jesus. The Holy Quran was not sent to a specific people, or was not revealed to a specific, was not revealed for specific people. Although the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was an Arab and the language is Arabic. Allah says in the Holy Quran more than 20 times that Islam was sent to all uh, of mankind. The third question asked was, what are the words of the prayer? Of course, we have all seen pictures of Muslims praying toward the Kaaba in Mecca. We used to think that the Muslims believe that the black cubicle is their God or they think their God is in there. This again shows the ignorance that many non-Muslims and Christians in particular have about the understanding of Islam. Since prayer and uh, sanctification, holiness had always been of utmost importance to me as a Christian, I was very interested to know the way and the words of the prayer. They replied, first of all, the approach to prayer is in cleanliness, both physical and spiritual. Allah, the creator of man, is the only one who has the right to say how we should come before him in a prayer. Before, as a Catholic, I, uh, I, I gen genuflected, I genuflected and made the sign of the cross. I genuflected and made the sign of the cross. Later, as a Protestant, we raised our hands singing clapping, shouting, dancing, and crying. In our ignorance, we thought that this was the right way to approach God. 
He tells us in the Holy Quran the exact way we are to approach him. In chapter 5, verse 6, we are to wash our hands, face, forearms, wipe over our heads and wash our feet. By doing so, the minor sins we committed from those parts of our body are washed away. We then assume a standing position while facing Mecca, the focal point of our prayer, and raise our hands in, and, and raise our hands saying, God is the greatest. After that, we say the first surah, chapter of the Holy Quran, uh, praise be to God, the cherisher and sustainer of the world, the most merciful, the most compassionate, master of the day of judgment. It is thee we worship and thy aid we seek. Show us the straight way, the path of those upon whom you have bestowed favor, not of those who have evoked your anger or of those who are astray. Surah uh, chapter 1, ayah, ayah verses from 1 to 7. Then again, we raise our hands to our shoulders and say, God is the greatest. This is followed by bowing and placing the hands on the knees while saying, Praise be to our glorious Lord. Three times, uh, uh, praise by... Um, uh, praise be to our glorious Lord three times or more when rising to a standing position we say Allah hears who praises him uh, our Lord for you is all praise again when rising to a standing position we say Allah hears who praises him our Lord for you is all praise again the words God is the greatest now the worshipper will prostrate before Allah on the ground while saying glory to the Lord the Great three times or more. After that he reclines to a sitting position on his feet while asking Allah to forgive him his sins and assumes again the prostrating position while repeating again glory to the Lord the Great three times or more. I was so uh, stunned at hearing the words of this prayer that I blurted out there is nothing objectionable about this prayer it is a prayer of praise to God the words of the prayer and the execution are by direction of Allah as shown to the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him by angel Gabriel peace be upon him this is the way the angels in heaven pray before the throne of God imagine the Muslims are the only people in the world who pray like the angels in heaven. Uh, uh, in heaven. <coughs> Along with this, when one stops to think, the Muslims are instructed to pray as stated uh, uh, at stated times again. Along with this, when one stops to think, the Muslims are instructed to pray at stated times, which corresponds with the position of the sun. This means that with the rotation of the earth, only the Muslims are in continuous prayer before the one and only Most High God, Allah, 24 hours a day. The last question I had concerned the authenticity of the Holy Quran. The Bible is made of 66 books. The Catholic Bible has more which is basically 73 and is compiled by over 40 different authors for some books the author is either unknown or not stated for instance the book of Ruth in the Old Testament and Hebrews in the New Testament although Hebrews is of uh, 
Although Hebrews is attributed to Paul, his signature does not appear on it, and in the middle of Hebrews, the style of writing changes. Of course, the average Christian is not aware of this, and unless you are studying for a theological degree, degree, and unless you are studying for a theological degree, you will not ordinarily find this out just by reading the Bible. In the Bible, you are also dealing with two languages, Hebrew in the Old Testament and Greek in the New Testament. Neither of these languages is to be confused with the colloquial or spoken languages of today. I have also never heard that Jesus spoke Greek. I had to study both languages in, in course of my studies. I was impressed to find out that the Holy Quran had only one author, that being Allah, God himself, glorified be he. At the beginning of every chapter, except for one, it boldly states in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. Unlike the Bible which states in the Old Testament, the book of, or in the New Testament which states the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. By the way, uh, by the way, uh, by the way, according to the biblical scholars, Matthew, Mark, and Luke were not the disciples of Jesus. They were disciples of Peter and Paul. Mark is the first uh, gospel written around 68 AD. Many biblical scholars feel that Matthew uh, plagiarized from Mark and that Mark had gotten some of his information from another source called Q. Uh, Luke states in both his gospel and the book of Acts that his accounts are only second-hand. John's gospel was written about 100 AD or CE. Like I said, unless you are studying theology, you don't find these things out. Another thing that uh, impressed me is the fact that the Holy Quran has remained unchanged in 1421 years. What is read today is exactly verbatim as it was revealed to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Those who are reading translation of the Holy Quran will usually find the translation of the meaning of the Holy Quran usually find the Arabic next to it. It must be remembered a translation is not a transliteration. In every language there will be variations in a grammatical style and structure as well as phrases that cannot be translated exactly. Therefore, translation is accomplished through finding the meaning of what is said as well as the exact words that are used. This is why every Muslim is encouraged to learn the Arabic Uh, of the Quran. Not only are our prayers said in the original language, but this also means that Muslims are the only people on earth who are drawn together by a common language. For instance, if a Chinese Muslim came to the United States and could not speak English and the American Muslim could not speak Chinese, they could communicate by using the Arabic of the Quran. Although I did not embrace Islam that week, I started to attend the Islamic lectures. Again, I sat there stunned by what I was learning. Everything I had learned about Islam while studying for my master's degree was refuted in these classes. As a Christian, we never knew that the Muslims believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. We did not even think that they believed in Jesus at all. But if a Muslim does not believe in the virgin birth of Jesus, He or she is not a Muslim. I was also surprised to know that Muslims believe that Jesus was taken into heaven and will come again. Mary, the mother of Jesus, has a whole chapter of the Quran 
or in the Quran, in the Holy Quran named after her, yet uh, the Muslims do not worship her or pray to her as the Catholics do. The Catholic and Protestant Bibles have only a small paragraph devoted to her. The magnificent surah, or the mag- uh, sorry, again, the Catholic and Protestant Bibles have only small paragraph devoted to her, the magnificent. Surah Maryam is the name of the chapter called after her, the mother of Jesus, peace be upon. I would go home from these classes and meditate, contemplating what I was learning. Christianity had raised a lot of questions in my mind, yet Islam was giving me the answers. Every day I attended the lectures and every night I read the Bible and every night I prayed. God show me if this Islam is true. Uh, somewhere along the line I had stopped saying Jesus, stopped saying Holy Spirit, stopped saying Father. I was just saying, God, whoever you are, show me if this is true. When you ask the omniscient God to show you the truth, he will play a joke on you. It is not easy to change your religion. I didn't want to lose my salvation. But what if there was no salvation to lose? One might, or one night, one night about two months from the first time I had gone to the Islamic center, I had prayed this prayer as I had been doing and went to bed. Somewhere between the state of awake and asleep and asleep, I physically felt something come into my heart. Immediately being fully conscious, I sat up in bed and spoke out loud, Allah, I believe that you are one God and one God only. This was the first time I had used the name of Allah, although I heard others use it. I never had spoken it myself until that time. After I had said that, there immediately descended upon me a peace that, Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah, has never left me to this day. My decision was not to be without repercussion. My decision was not to be without repercussions. Uh, repercussion. The Christians who profess the love of Jesus and who so readily accuse others of persecuting people for becoming Christian were the very ones to uh, perpetrate persecution on me. Of course, the first time, uh, of course, the first thing to go was my job. I would no longer be able to teach in the Christian colleges. You can have a Christian, you can have a Christian teach about Islam, but you cannot have a Muslim teach about Christianity. I had already been a widow for seven years at the time I embraced Islam. I had already been a widow for seven years at the time I embraced Islam. That meant I must I must support myself. I still had three children. I was financially responsible for four out of four out of nine. I still had three children. I was financially responsible for out of nine. The second thing to occur was that my husband's family disowned me. My husband came from a very prominent family. His grandfather is the is in the history books as a recognized hero and his father had at one time been governor. Although all of three of them were dead, I had a close relationship with his family so much so that I was actually closer to them than to my own family. After becoming a Muslim, I was told in no uncertain terms that I was no longer a part of the family and not to join in any of the family gatherings. There are members of the family still in politics. 
and it was certainly not to their advantage to have a Muslim in the family. I felt very hurt by this as for many years I had a close relationship with them. It was not on the basis of my being a Christian, but because I was part of the family. When my husband died, it was his family that I counted on for help raising my children, only now to be turned away. I cried for three days, but whenever I made Salah obligatory prayer, I had the peace of knowing I had made the right decision. My own children were to be another source of contention. At this point, all of my children except for one son who was with me were in the United States. As I was attending the Islamic Center, I was sharing with them through letters what I was learning. After I embraced Islam, my oldest daughter, who happens to work for the headquarters of the church in which I was affiliated for 18 years, wrote me a letter and said, Don't you know that Islam is one of the most satanic religions? I responded by sending her some booklets, and she wrote back and said, Don't try to convert me. I explained to her that it was forbidden for us by Allah to force our religion on anyone, but that I had thought she might like to read them to see if, to see, to see what it is I believed. As a parent, when you are experiencing uh, some difficulty with one of your wayward children, you usually call a meeting of the close relatives, grandmother, aunt, cousin, who might have some influence over the situation. Well, I found out later that my children had a meeting about me. Mother is the problem and Islam is the culprit. Like most big families, there is a dividing line among sets of children. The three oldest are the bosses. The three middle ones are the fighters and the young ones have no say. While the discussion was in hot pursuit, the oldest ones were vehemently opposed to the whole situation. The middle ones said this is our mother and it is her decision. She is not forcing it on us. We want to continue to be close to her and we want her also to be close to her grandchildren. When I finally went to the States, the older ones wanted to argue and had put up a wall that prevented any discussion. On the other hand, the middle ones were open and full of questions. Our conversations were just that meaningful conversation that took place in the course of natural conversation. One daughter even made a statement that I was nicer as a Muslim than when I was a Christian. This surprised me because as Christian, I had always tried to exemplify what I believed. When I am in the States, I still wear abaya and hijab. This same daughter made another starting, a startling statement. She said she could tell when a Muslim man was looking at me. I was curious as to how she came to this conclusion since I'm not looking at men to begin with and most Muslim men in the States are not wearing any distinguishing dress most not even a beard. So I asked her how she could tell. She told me, when she look at you, it is different. She told me, when they look at you, it is different. They look at you with respect. After six years, the older ones have finally accepted that I am a Muslim and by the will of Allah will not change back to Christianity. They accept, not approve. The others said they see Islam is a way of life unlike Christianity 
where you go to church, then go ahead and do anything you like. In other words, it calls for a change of life style. My son, who had been living with me when I embraced Islam, was not interested in religion, Christianity, or Islam at the time. He was 18, and religion was not in his lifestyle. Sometime after I had lost my teaching position, I was asked to start and manage a woman's section at the Islamic Center. Every week I would bring home books and neatly put them on the dining room table, and every day they were still there. Periodically I would change them, hoping that he would uh, read them and uh, ask me some questions. He never did. Several times that year I had some of the uh, brothers from the Islamic Center come and talk to him. He was always polite but uninterested. One day someone talked to him and there was a spirit of conviction on his face. He asked me, why didn't you tell me this? I was stunned and mentioned that I had left the books there hoping he would read them and ask me questions. He then told me that when I would leave the house, he and his friends would read them and then put them back. Also, I had an Adhan call for a prayer clock and he said when I was out of the house, and he was alone, he would play it over and over. His name is now Umar. He left his old lifestyle and friends and is also working in Saudi Arabia. He has been more successful than me in talking to his older sisters about Islam. As of yet, no one else in the family has embraced Islam. But we continue to make dua, supplications for them. Inshallah, God willing, I will live to see at least some of my children and grandchildren become Muslim. I have never regretted becoming a Muslim, and I pray that Allah will give me the Iman faith of the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon them, uh, peace be upon him. So, <coughs> and sorry, I have never regretted becoming a Muslim, and pray that Allah will give me the faith of the companions of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. To end, say, indeed, my Lord has guided me to a straight path, a correct religion, the way of Abraham, inclining toward truth. And he was not among those who associated others with Allah. Say, indeed, my prayer, say, indeed, my prayer, my rites of sacrifice, my living and my dying are for Allah. Lord, Lord of the worlds, no partner has he, no partner has he, and this I have been commanded, and I am the first among you of the Muslims. This is in the Holy Quran, chapter called Al-An'am, the cattle, uh, <coughs> verses 161 to 163. This is the source is foreignnewmuslims.org, the International Association for New Muslims, Muslim World League. Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah.